Hey everyone, welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the KE Report. In this daily editorial, we are providing an introduction to Radisson Mining, traded on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol RDS, and on the OTC markets under the symbol RMRDF. Now, I am saying this is an introduction, but I know a lot of you, our listeners, know of Radisson Mining, and the company has been brought up by a few of the analysts that we have brought on the show over the past few months. We are chatting with the president and CEO, Raul Paul. Now, Radisson is a gold exploration company focused on the 100% owned O'Brien Lake project. This is in the world-renowned Larder Lake Cadillac break in the Abitibi in Quebec. This project also hosts the former O'Brien Mine, which has been considered uh, one of the highest-grade gold producers in this Abitibi Greenstone Belt. Production was back in 1926 through 1957. Raul, because this is the first time having you on the show and the first time officially introducing the company, let's start with a quick focus on the background of this O'Brien project. Yes, historic mine. You guys have done a lot of work since you have taken control of this overall O'Brien project. Take us through where the project stands now in terms of some of the fundamental value, please. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me on the show. You know, just to add a little bit to the background and to put things into perspective, you know, those of us that have been involved with the mining sector for a period of time have, you know, we've all heard the saying, the best place to find gold is is near a gold mine. That That's exactly what Radisson is doing, which is exploring for gold right next to what was historically the highest grade gold mine in Quebec, as you mentioned, the old O'Brien mine. And we've had a lot of success doing so. And, you know, it's located in a great camp. And our property essentially covers more than five kilometers of prospective strike along the Cadillac Break. And, and that includes more than two and a half kilometers to the east and two and a half kilometers to the west of the historic O'Brien mine. So, as you mentioned, consistent high-grade producer for 20 years, produced just under 600,000 ounces from 1926 to 1957, average grades in excess of 15 grams. You know, the old timers mined down to 1.1 kilometer and, and shut down in 1957. That's not because they ran out of gold, but the gold price at the time was $35 an ounce and, and they could not justify extending the shaft any deeper. So, you know, after this mine shut down, there was some work done here by a few other companies, but the geology was not well understood till early 2018. In early 2019, we took a fresh look at the asset, which led to a new lithostructural model, and that's when things began to fall in place. So our resource stands at 289,000 ounces in the indicated category, 145,000 ounces in the inferred category, so 434 ounces overall based on the last resource update, which was in July 2019. And the one thing that I should mention is most of that is within a one-kilometer strike length and a vertical depth of 500 meters, when in comparison, we have five times that strike length to work with. And this is a camp where mines typically extend well below one kilometer, including the old O'Brien mine. But ultimately, keep in mind, this was a mine that was very profitable for 20 years. It made money in a sub $35 gold price environment, mining down to a depth of 1.1 kilometer. And, and you need a robust deposit to be able to do that, right? And when you look at the the environment today, you know, there's ups and downs of the gold sector, but still the gold price is 50 times higher today. 
So think about how profitable this asset would be in a scenario like this. So, so that's essentially what you get when you invest in Radisson. So you gain exposure to a high-grade gold project, great location, rich history as a profitable gold producer, and you know you combine that with an experienced team and a strong balance sheet. You, you know, I think you get a company that takes all the right boxes. Well, absolutely, Rahul, and it's along the Cadillac break that has so many other prolific projects. So it's like a string of pearls of different successful mines and and prior producing mines. But let's dig in a little bit to some of the work that Radisson did last year. You know, maybe recap the drill program that you did, how many meters were drilled, and then what's on tap for 2022 as far as exploration of the O'Brien project. Yeah, for sure. So last year was a busy year for us on a number of fronts, corporate and exploration. I'll talk about uh, the exploration set of things first, and then after that, move on to the the corporate set of things. But on the exploration set of things, you know, we started drilling in 2019. Once we had the little structural model in place, August 2019 is when we had a drill program in place. So since then, you know, we've had a 130,000 meter program that uh, has been ongoing for the last couple of years. And so far, to the end of last year and um, the last I checked basically was we had completed 119,000 meters of drilling. So most of it, right? And of which we've published results, we've, we have results and we've published them for 87,000 meters. And then we've got pending results for another 29,000 meters and we've got 14,000 meters or so uh, yet uh, left to go. And this is as of the last press release, which was the uh, the 26th of Jan. So as you can imagine, we've been drilling the last two years. We've had quite a bit of success in both validating the model, the little structural model that I spoke about in 2019. And we've also had a lot of success in expanding some of the uh, the mineralized zones that we've seen. So just to give you an idea, so we've got a model that, I mean, we spoke about the old O'Brien mine. And if you think about it, you've got most of it, 90% of the historical production, just under 600,000 ounces at 15.25 came from one steeply dipping mineralized trend and just three veins going all the way down to 1,100 meters. So we've got a model that indicates these O'Brien-like trends repeat every 300 meters or so as you move away from the old mine. And that's really what you're trying to validate. Because if you can repeat that, replicate that trend four times, the upside you're looking at is in the order of two and a half million ounces or so within a 1,200 meter strike length and within one kilometer from surface, right? And so that's really what we focused on last year. And if you look at results, they've essentially validated that thesis. And, you know, with the drilling that we've done to the end of last year, we've been able to confirm four trends, four high-grade mineralized trends you know, within a one 1.2 kilometer strike to the east of the old mine. And even within these trends, um, if you look at some of the holes, some of the drilling that we've done, we've expanded mineralization quite significantly at depth in each of those trends, close to, I would say, doubling the depth extent of resources in each trend. So quite happy with the results so far. We've continued to confirm our model and while highlighting the potential to, to meaningfully grow resources. So so that's what we've done last year. And going into 2022, I would say we're heading into the most exciting part of our drill program. We made a few changes last year to position us ourselves to be more attractive. So a couple of things. 
We were quite encouraged with the drilling that we've done. We did a combination of shallow step-out holes. We did some deep holes as well. And as you can imagine, um, this is a high-grade underground mine. And drilling seems to be, we, we really like what we see at depth. And, you know, our goal was to position ourselves to drill deeper and to drill more efficiently. Because when you drill deeper, you have to deal with natural deviation and, uh, you know, it's oftentimes difficult to, to hit the target where you want to hit it, right? So we did a few changes last year to enable us to drill more effectively at depth. And that's working out. So we've upgraded our driller. We've started using directional drilling technology, uh, which not only allows us to intersect some of these deeper targets with precision, but it also allows us to intersect multiple targets at depth with as few meters as possible. So it positions us to be really efficient in the most impactful side of our drilling going forward into 2022. So if you look at the drilling that's left to be done, 14,000 meters, all of that drilling is essentially deep drilling in the first and the second mineralized trends. And, and that's where, so far, if you take a look at the results that we've put out in the past, you know, that's where we've been seeing really good grades and good thicknesses. And, you know, these are areas where we should follow up. And when I say deep, we're talking below 700 meters or so, right? So overall, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's still fairly shallow. So that drilling is ongoing right now. And you should see, we would expect results coming out in the next few weeks and months. But beyond that, we also have a pipeline of drill results or a bit of a backlog just because of delays with the assay lab and just delays in terms of keeping up with the volume of, you know, the COVID-19 related restrictions. So we've got results pending for 29,300 meters of drilling, which I'm hoping to be able to put out in the next couple months or so, which should make for a nice steady stream of, of news flow. So that represents approximately 62 holes in total, and of which 32 holes have visible gold occurrences. Most of those are step-out holes. You know, some of them are in the gap between the old O'Brien mine and, you know, our resources in areas where we have very little drilling. And then there are some, uh, there's some drilling pending further to the, uh, the east as well. So quite a bit in terms of results to come out. You spoke about catalysts, right? And then you've got another 14,000 meters left to complete before we finish off this program. And that's the most, that's what I would call really impactful deep drilling, which would provide for a busy next three or four months from a news flow standpoint. Okay, so it sounds like a lot of news to come out from the company in terms of drilling. Just to summarize here then, Raul, uh, simplifying it for everybody, you've already confirmed four other trends that are obviously very attractive to you. Is that the focus then, further drilling out these trends to maybe get to a resource, or are you still focused on finding these other trends? Can you just simplify that for us? It's a bit of both. I mean, the idea is to we've got five kilometers of strike, right? I mean, you talk about four trends, you're talking about 1.2 kilometers of them. So, you know, there's a lot more in strike length to test, and maybe we can go through the results that we've seen at O'Brien West. So we've got plenty of targets to drill, you know, but a finite amount of money, let's say, to do it. So it's, it's, it's that trade-off between stepping out with exploration and also expanding the mineralization in some of these trends. 
and and drilling deeper. You know, the depth potential is something really intriguing, and it's something that is a big attraction to this camp. And, you know, we haven't. The truth is, like, most of what we have in terms of resources is the first 500 meters. And even with drilling, we haven't gone much below 1,000 meters, and that's just in one trend. But this is a camp with significant depth potential. If you look at every other mine in this camp, they've extended depths well below 1.1 kilometers. So our next door neighbor, La Ronde, just to put things into perspective, Agnico Eagle's La Ronde mine is next door to, to us. They own the claims right adjacent to us, to the west. That is a mine that has been in production since 1988. It's produced 6 million ounces. And I would say that almost all of those ounces have come from within its trike length of under two and a half kilometers, right? The same thing, if you go back and look at some of the other mines in, in the camp, I mean, Lapa was owned by, by Nico, Goldex a bit further to the uh, the east, and then you've got West Dome's Kina, which is within 50 kilometers. You've got El Dorado with, with Lamac. So, and then you've got Iron Gold, you know, a little bit west of, of Nico. So, so this is a camp where, well, let's put it this way, things start getting exciting below a thousand meters and you know we're we're just getting there right so there's a long way to go both drilling at depth and and testing the potential long strike as well well rahul it'll, it'll be uh, interesting to keep following along as some of that fourteen thousand meters of deep drilling keeps going and as you get some of the assays back from some of the deeper holes you've already drilled but let's get your background in the mining industry and then any other key people on the board or management team that you should highlight just to give people a flavor of who is the team behind Radisson Mining. For sure. And I think that's that was an important part of what we tried to do last year. You know, I mean, we've spoken about the uh, the changes that we made to the exploration side of things. But, you know, we've also been proactive. You know, we with the with the results that we were seeing, you know, we were convinced that we were convinced that O'Brien has the uh, the world class potential that we we hoped it would have, and so we wanted to be proactive. So we made a few changes in 2021 that strengthened the board, and then just basically on the corporate side of things, what we wanted to do was position the company to be in the best position possible to create value. So we had three new directors join in 2021. Michael Gentile joined as his director earlier in 2021. You may have spoken to Mike in the past. He's a high-profile strategic investor who's had a profound impact on many Canadian companies in the last few years, including Radisson. The other additions, Pierre Baudouin, again, a name well-known in mining, mining circles. So he's a COO of uh, Silvercrest. He's a former COO of, uh, of Detour Gold. He's someone with more than 30 years of mining experience, including mine development and operations. So, you know, he's known in capital market circles as, as one of the best and, and mining industry circles as one of the best mine builders in the sector. The other director that we added, Jeff Swinoga, who's the CEO of Exploits uh, Discovery Corp. He was previously the National Metals and Mining co-leader at Ernst & Young Canada, former CFO of Torex, former CFO of Hudbay. And, uh, you know, he's an expert guy. He's financed many, many projects in the past. And he's well known in the in mining industry circles as one of the best mine, mining financiers in the, the industry. So, and in terms of the management team, you know, we, we were continuing to, to build out the team, continuing to change the way things are done, but basically just 
position this company to be uh, be more successful and to manage a, a bigger program going forward. So you mentioned my background. So to give you an idea, I joined Radisson in 2019 as, as a CFO after spending many years on the sell side and primarily uh, involved in the mining industry. I took on the role of president in mid-2020, and I also took on the CEO role, interim CEO role in early 2021, and then I was confirmed as the uh, the permanent CEO uh, later in the year. So my background is I've got an undergraduate degree in engineering, a graduate degree in business, um, and involved in the mining sector for most of my career, primarily on the investment banking research side of things. I spent more than a decade covering gold producers, gold developers, and the one thing that I've seen is I've seen what works and what does not. So what attracted me to Radisson essentially was similarities to some of the most successful companies, you know, I had followed back in the day and I was involved with, like Richmond Mines was one which, you know, was sold to Alamos for almost a billion dollars. And, you know, when you when you compare that with Radisson, which has a market cap of just over 70 million today, you know, I think there's so much more upside. So Raul, let's look at a couple of the other company fundamentals here. Talking share structure, I am seeing total shares outstanding, a little over 274 million on a fully diluted basis, just over 305 million. There are a number of well-known shareholders and in all fairness, the split between where shares are held. We have institutional investors holding about 35%, management and insiders little over 11%. The public float is only about 20%. Who are some of the larger strategic shareholders that our audience might know, please? Yeah, so for a company, I mean, the ownership structure, you know, I, I would say we've got an attractive ownership structure, which is somewhat unique to Radisson. So you've got high levels of insider ownership, strong institutional support, and that's key here. Because if you look at management and insiders, 11.2 percent of the of the company right and you know it used to be higher than that and that's partly because we've we've had some changes and so Jean Dion is not a director anymore but he's a supportive uh, shareholder but still we've participated in every financing we've been buyers in the open market as well and if you look at institutional ownership 35 percent is actually significant for a company our size we've got a few strategic investors as well the latest edition for the most recent one, I mean, it's not that recent anymore, but it's Marshall Precious Metals, managed by, uh, it's a fund managed by David, David Garofalo, the former CEO of Gold Corp, the former CEO of Hudbay. And, you know, interestingly, David is someone who knows this region really well. I mean, he spent 12 years as a CFO of Igneco, whose Laron mine is our next door neighbor, right? So in terms of top shareholders institutionally, 1832, is our largest shareholder. We've got OCIN Precious Metals, which is a Swiss-based family office fund. You know, we've got RBC Asset Management. We've got US Global. You know, you've got the Quebec institutions, Case de Depot, Sidex. And so it's a, it's a pretty good list. The other thing that I would say is, you know, you've got uh, our slide. One of our slides shows you the ownership breakdown. I mean, you've got one category that we call private investors, 24.1%. And that's interesting. It's basically private investors that are based in the Abitibi region of Quebec. I mean, they've uh, been shareholders for a long, long time. They participate in every financing. They buy shares in the open market. And, you know, they've been supporters all through the last several years. So, you know, in many ways, I would say it's a tightly held share structure, which turns out to be a positive. 
And a negative as well. You know, I mean, the positive is you've got a great registry with a, a large number of supportive shareholders. You know, and on the on the other hand, tends to be the stock that does have an impact on on liquidity because the public float is not as 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 high, although it's it's increased quite substantially in the last couple of years. Raul, also just remind us of what kind of cash the company has in the till and what the budget is for 2022's work program. Yeah, so as of mid-Jan, we had 10.5 million in cash in the bank. And as I mentioned on the drilling side of things, we've only got another 14,000 meters or so to drill. So, you know, if at some point we would have the cash to, to do more drilling as well, what we'd like to do is finish off this drill program. We're also looking at trying to define other high priority targets so that we can possibly add uh, to see if we should be adding more meters to this program. The idea after that would be to consolidate all the results and targeting a resource update sometime this year, closer to the end of the year likely, just given the, uh, I mean, hopefully earlier, but with COVID-19 and with all the restrictions, I mean, things seem to be going a lot slower. So we've got enough cash to complete this drill program, to update the uh, the model, to update resources through to the end of this year. And in addition to that, I would say we've probably got enough money for quite a bit more drilling as well. And, you know, that's what we're trying to, we will be looking at allocating at some point in the uh, in the next few months. All right, Raul, a lot of information there. We're going to wrap it up here, but we are going to have you back on the show and follow up on future news, especially with all these drill results still to be released. So if anybody has any follow-up questions or wants any more information on any aspect of the company, please email us, either fleck at kereport.com or shad at kereport.com. We will get those addressed for you. Raul, appreciate your time today, and please keep us up to date on future news. Thanks so much. Take care.